With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to a very special edition of the Line of the Anna Suite podcast. Uh, we're coming to you from a miserable-looking Sydney here. Um, Will Jones um, is normally your host, but tonight you've got Eddie Skilly coming from Sydney. Um, he'll be back soon with a, a proper podcast. He's got some technical issues at the minute, so he'll be back soon. But I'm joined tonight by a very special guest, Mr. Adam LaFondre. Adam, how are you doing? I'm great, thanks. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah, well, thanks for coming on. Right. Uh, how have you been? It's been six weeks since you've moved to Sydney. How has the, the move been so far? Yeah, it's been really good, you know, last week or so has been quite stressful, um, obviously Ikea's not really open when you have to flat pack everything, we've just got in the house, got three kids running around, going mental, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's life, you just got to get on with it, um, football's come quite easily really after the first, say, three or four days of training, we're getting used to it, um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it, you know, the weather's not been great, but... Yeah today anyway <laughs> so we'll start with uh, your first two games for Sydney you've got off to the, probably the best start you could you've got to the final of the FFA Cup and you've scored in both games how have you found the Cup game so far yeah uh, the Avondale one was a, was a strange one really um, the pitch wasn't great it was, a, it was a little bit too hard for my liking and a few of the boys likings but you know that's what you're getting you know what well, obviously the MPL over here is like the, uh, the, t- the team underneath the A-League and you know they're their pitch wasn't great. Um, we played really well the first half, took the lead, and then we took the foot off the gas. And fair, like, fair credit to them, they came back into the game and, and came back strong when we were holding on, really. And then we got to extra time, and, and then our class started to show. And you know, obviously got the two late goals, which finished the game. Um, and you know, it was good for me to get the 120 minutes in my legs because whew, I was getting cramp everywhere, even in that game. So. It was, uh, it was good, and then obviously the, the derby was was just another good, great occasion. You know, the fans were good, uh, the atmosphere was brilliant. You know, and we asserted our strength over them. You know, first half we was we we didn't play great. We admitted that, and we come out second half and and dominated the game, and and obviously got the chances and scored the goals. You've obviously got such a good relationship with the Wanderers fans, uh, but how has it been so far with the the Cove as they're called, the Sydney fans? Yeah, it's been good, you know, uh, on Twitter especially, they've been really supportive of me, uh, obviously getting behind the sausage roll wagon, and, um, you know, it's it's going well, obviously, I've always said if you're a goal scorer, the fans tend to like you, um, obviously I have to start, stop calling me a wanderer now, because that's obviously the... It's their uh, rivals, yeah. Yeah, it's the, uh, the hated rival, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, so let's just take it back now uh, to the start of your Bolton adventure in January 2015. Uh, you were out in and out of the Cardiff team. You weren't really playing, and then you got the move up to the northwest because you wanted to be closer to your family. How was that time for you, joining? Unbelievable for me. Um, it was a real springboard. I thought for me to sort of get my career back on track. You know, 
I remember it was between Uddersfield and, and Bolton who I went to. I spoke to Chris Powell and, and Lennon at the time, and I spoke to Chris Powell like what he said, and then after that I spoke to Lennon, and as you can imagine, he wasn't um, holding back what he was saying. He was just like, look, effing and jeffing. But, you know, you're a Christmas present come early. You know, I've, I've been trying to sign you for years so when he was at Celtic, and now I've got a chance to get you at Bolton. Don't go anywhere else. You're going to play every week. Come here. So, but ultimately... The passion I could hear in his voice made me want to go hit, go and uh, join Bolton, you know, and obviously with the tradition of Bolton, such a big club they are, then it's a no-brainer really yeah. for me. So you joined a team full of experience, shall yeah. we say, at the time, Adika Johnson, uh, Emil Heskey, and uh, obviously you had Zach Clough up and coming. How did you find playing with them at that time? Yeah, it was good, you know, Emil uh, surprised me. He was, he was really good, still really athletic. You know, I still remember the Brentford game where he dominated the two centre halves, and you know, meaning we won riot really, and we probably should have won that game. Uh, you know, Ida still had that touch of class as well. He could still see a pass, and, and obviously he could still finish as well. So it was nice to play with players like that. And you know, Cuffy, um, I hold Cuffy in a very high regard because he's a top talent. You know, I think he just needs a bit of loving and caring. And you know, I think you've got a brilliant player there. You know, when I think you've seen that one, we and him played up front together. Uh, we caused mayhem together, and uh, you know. Sort of uh, unfortunate not to do that the second time round. Yeah, especially in that Watford game. Even though we lost yeah. it four three, you two were just on fire that day, and you just seemed to click. Yeah, I, I always think back about that game. I should have scored about six. Yeah. I think I should have scored about six. Cluffy could have had about five. Mm-hmm. It could have been one of them games where it literally could have been about eleven all by the end of it because it was such a an open game, and to lose it in the last minute, as you can imagine, uh, Neil Lennon were happy. <laughs> but it just seems uh, kind of the wheels fell off at the wrong time. It seems that YouTube had that partnership and anything was going right and then just behind the scenes of the money just didn't work and obviously you, you couldn't come back at the end of the season yeah well it was, it was a strange situation really because obviously I was desperate to stay mm-hmm. and obviously the gaffer at the time was desperate for me to stay because obviously what I'd just done so I, I, we played Birmingham obviously last game of the season went in and spoke to him straight after the game said look I don't want to go anywhere else sign me up now like literally like let's sort out next season now and he said right I'll be on the phone to your agent week went by, two weeks went by, three weeks went by, got into pre-season, obviously I was back down in Cardiff and I was just like, don't want to be here, uh, Cardiff wanted me to stay, I said no, it's not for me, uh, I'd rather be at, at Bolton where I'm playing week in, week out, scoring goals, enjoying it, and about my family, um, and, you know, and obviously Neil Lennon at the time was saying, yeah we can do that, we just, Gart side obviously was uh, not facilitating that, he was bringing in other players. So obviously as it got closer to the season, it became a, a point where do I get left and rotted in Cardiff or do I have to go somewhere else? And obviously I kept having conversations with Neil Lennon saying, look, I'd like to come, but you know you have to, you have to do something soon because otherwise I can't waste a year. And he was like, obviously I'm, de- I'm desperate to come in. I've left number nine free for you. That's obviously why number nine never went that season because obviously they were hoping to get me. And um, I was like, yeah, brilliant. You know, like, just get it done sort of thing. And then... I think we come to August and then Wolves and Chef Wednesday came in and I went met Wolves and said, you know what, yeah, I fancy this. And what they said to me was was good, and maybe not as good as Bolton, but I needed to think, obviously, a, bit, a little bit outside the box because obviously I couldn't wait all day and all, all night for a, for a Bolton offer to come in. So obviously, um, when it came down to it, I just said, right, I said to Neil Lennon, I said, look, you have to put something in today or I'm going Wolves tomorrow. And ultimately, that was it. You know, um, went to Wolves and had a, had a torrid time, really. Um, 
a lot of broken promises there and I was really unhappy really because it's never played. I think I played three games in a row and a load of sub appearances and for me I didn't need that, I didn't want that. I just scored eight in fifteen or sixteen consecutive starts and you know, I was just proving that I'm more than good enough for the championship and to go and waste another year on the bench was really detrimental to me because obviously my next move was Wigan. Yeah. So I was looking at shooting back up and yeah, unfortunately it didn't quite transpire like that and ended up getting in a rut really. So at the same time your career stagnated, Bolton had that dip in yeah. and got relegated obviously and 18 months after you left you finally were able to come back after yeah. much persistence from yeah. the fans on Twitter and obviously the golf on me when they tried to buy you back yeah, which is quite funny but you must have been delighted to finally get that move back in 2017. Yeah, I just knew I was going to do well. It was, I've always had that feeling where, with Bolton. And obviously, after my first spell, I just thought, whatever I do there, I'll always do well, no matter what. Um, and I did. You know, I come back. Obviously, I come back, and I wasn't quite as fit as I needed to be because obviously, I've not, I've not really played any games at Wigan. Not really played any under twenty-three games. weren't great standard. So I come back. I was a bit rusty, and then obviously once I got in good, good enough shape fitness-wise, match fitness-wise, and started producing on the pitch, um, and it went from there, really. I had a good performance before the before the Fleetwood game at home, I can't remember it was against, and I, play, I thought I played quite well, and then and then the Fleetwood game came from that, you know, um, I scored a goal, and I grew in confidence from there, you know, as any striker will tell you, you seems to get a little bit of confidence, it's hard to stop them. Yeah, that seemed to be the turning point in that season as well, you, the whole team seemed to click after that Fleetwood game, you had the Gillingham game, yeah. and then a couple of games after that, and you were scoring, and Philippe Marais was... Yeah, of course, he was on fire, you know, the, post, form, yeah. the postman was on fire at mm-hmm. the time, you know, big gas was holding everything up, yeah. Just a, it was just a point where mm-hmm. we were just steamrolling teams, and you know that's the reason why I joined because yeah. I knew the capabilities of the squad. You know, you have Wheats, Beeves, Man Mountains at the back. In, that's in the Championship, that only one. You know, obviously Spiro was in centre mid, bullying people. Mm-hmm. Me and Gaz up front who terrorised that league realistically. Do you know what I mean? Um, and we'd have we'd give the Championship a good go, given you know, 46 games. So um, I, that's the, one of the reasons I came back because I knew. Realistically, the chance of going straight back up was with Bolton. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Bradford at the time, and just didn't want to go there. You know, I just knew that it wasn't going to be Bradford who go up. Fair in mind, I might do well there, but I didn't want to do well there and stay in League One. I wanted to do well and get back in the Championship because obviously that's where I thought I belonged. And obviously, your point was proven on the last day of the season against Peterborough. Big celebrations you got to score. How was that sc- scoring on that game on, a, on a, such an important game like that? Yeah, it's incredible. You know. Um, I've been quite lucky, really, to impact quite a lot of big games in my career. You know, did it at Reading, done it at Rotherham, um, done it at Rochdale, scored goals for Rochdale in big games. And you know, then again, you know, to to put sort of the icing on the cake in the game was 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 really nice. You know, uh, obviously, sort of like that set weeds up for us as well. And it was just and gem score, so which made it probably the perfect day all round for us. You know, uh, we were just buzzing. You know, I think we did deserve the win, obviously. And, um, for what we've done previously, and you know, we got the job done. That was what we, all we wanted, and you know, what, what else can you say after that? We, that's what we wanted. Mm-hmm. So we go back into the championship, and you score in the opening day against Leeds. But then for the next few months, you know, the formation changed, and you were in and out of the side. Um, how did you keep your morale up during that time? I think it's very hard. I think anyone who knows me and uh, knows myself, I love playing football, and I think. Gaffer wouldn't mind me saying this. I love playing football. He knows that. I know that. I want to play week in, week out, regardless. 
I think I've said it in all my interviews I've done in the past times. If I'm not playing, obviously I'm unhappy. I think that's what you want. Obviously, you can't let that affect the squad. But if I feel I can help the team, then then definitely I want to play. You know, um, I think my record in the Championship, Premiership speaks for itself. And I think people know when I play games, I score goals. Um, and it was quite hard, really. You know, um, my training level never dipped. I think as a, as a player and as a professional, I never dropped below the levels. And I think that's what got me through it because obviously there was there's a good group of us who, who were playing at the time for three or four months. And um, we had a good, we got a really good dressing room there that kept everything together and kept all of us, you know, in check sort of thing. And um, I thought we marshaled that really well. And I think as a group, we just got together so well that it was hard to have stragglers. We couldn't afford to have them either. You know, that's what, that's why we ultimately we succeeded. So then, on the last day of the transfer window, uh, Gary Medine was sold to Cardiff for six million pounds, yeah. and unfortunately, we couldn't get a replacement in him. But that seemed to be a blessing in disguise for both the club and yourself because you got more game time and you started scoring, and then we ended up staying up. Oh yeah, um, I spoke to the gaffer not, a couple of days before that, and I was like, "Look, if I'm not going to play, I want to go." Um, and he was like, "Right, um, let's just see what happens," sort of thing. Um, Obviously, knowing that realistically, I probably weren't his first choice striker, which is, you know, that's just the way we played and and the, how we fit really. Um, obviously, well, we've got big guys going and no one coming in. Um, I think I proved to everyone, you know. I think when I played regularly, I scored goals. You know, towards the end of the season, I've got what was it, five or six in twelve, um, and you know what I mean. I think I helped towards keeping us up um, in the running as well as obviously the last day when. When obviously I impact it coming off the bench, but um, obviously it's it's frustrating, but it's an amazing achievement that for, for us as a club, squad, team, everyone involved, pulling together in the right direction with you know no negative attitudes towards anything other than getting the job done, and I think that's what um, we were brilliant at. Obviously, you wouldn't have wanted to do it in the manner you did the Forest game, but it must have been so brilliant just to be part of that and just to play such a big role. Obviously, you scored and you set the other two up, so how was that and the whole occasion? Um, it was actually a weird day, really, because obviously the day before I found out I weren't playing and the day of the game, I was I was in a bit of a lull because mm. obviously I was so disappointed not to be playing. But I think as a footballer, you have to bounce back really quick. Um, and I knew that if I sat there and sulked, then that was going to be no good to anyone. Um, so, you know, that's my job. I'm a footballer. You got uh, the gaffer's job to pit the team, to to pit the team to win the game, and you know he did that. And we did that ultimately. Um, you know, and even that game was was probably the biggest omen was my mum. I never let my mum come to football games, and I said for for a birthday I got the box mm-hmm. at the club and said, you know, you can come the game and watch. So. When I scored, I ran over to the box side. She was crying. All of my family were up there running, jumping up and down and stuff. It was just a, an amazing occasion to share with like, my family and everyone, even like obviously the fans and that, like, you know, they're running on the pitch after the show and what it means to It means to us all, you know. I think afterwards, I was, I was sat in the change room and it's like, wow, yeah. literally, what have we just achieved, you know? It was, it's such a weird feeling because should we be celebrating that? Because obviously it's at this point in the season, but it was such an amazing achievement after the start we had. Um, everyone written us off, you know, going to Burton, getting pumped, mm-hmm. and then just having it all hinging on that last day and doing it in the last minute. It was like, wow, literally, like everything's just been turned upside down, you know. You think we go down, 
the club gets whatever, you know what I mean? You just don't know what happens. The financial implications are massive on the club. Um, so it was it was crazy, you know. I think I was just sat there in the change room afterwards, just thinking, like, what have we just done? Like, just me and Gemma just sat there, like, let's not do this again. Like, it's just not good for you. It's just literally, it was, it was just a crazy the atmosphere. A crazy feeling, too. So obviously that was a really special day in the way you did that. And then you go into the next season in pre-season. There's a big overhaul of the squad. Um, you could say there was maybe an improvement in the quality. Um, and obviously we signed Josh McGuinness uh, later on in the window. But how did you find pre-season? And yeah, really getting good. the new players coming in. Yeah, really good. You know, I think obviously the gaffer recruited well because all the boys fitted into the squad well. Um, I like to think I was a big part of the dressing room. Uh, and I think, you know, the boys were brilliant. Uh, it was a tough. It was tough for me to leave the boys. You know, uh, spent. You know, what I mean, getting promoted with them and, and staying up in the manner we did. It's we shared like an incredible bond, and you know, it's hard to forget them sort of like times you have as a footballer. And to get players who fit in with that group is is a very hard thing. But they recruited really well, um, and the boys seem really receptive to everyone. So it's uh, it is a really good dressing room, and obviously they have improved the players because you could tell that in training. And, it, and even in the way we played in the friendlies. So how hard is it uh, when you get an offer in another country, um, in another league, to leave a place where you're respected among your peers, you get on really well with the manager and the coaches and the fans adore you, how hard is that to leave and to go into this new adventure to Sydney? Um, yeah, of course it's hard because it's, you know what I mean, it's not, I'm not moving an hour away, I'm moving 24 hours away um, to lit uproot my whole family. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just ready for something new. You know, being honest, I think I've proven all I needed to prove in England. Mm-hmm. I'd come to a point where was I going to play regularly next season? Possibly, possibly not. Mm-hmm. Didn't really want to gamble. Didn't want another three months to be mm-hmm. sitting there thinking I'm not going to play, not going to play, not going to play. I wanted to go and you know, not so much enjoy. I want to go and impact somewhere else. I've always wanted to play abroad. Mm-hmm. I thought I saw this is an amazing adventure. You know, why not join the biggest team? in Australia who win more or less everything and go and try and win some trophies you know this is probably the last chance I'll get of winning serious silverware mm-hmm. playing the Asian Champs League um, you know I had to be selfish I think ultimately that's what, I, that's what I put it down to I had to be selfish obviously it's not nice to say as a footballer but I had to look after myself really and think you know what this is going to be amazing for me amazing for my family well, my kids are going to have such a brilliant time out here then how can I deny them that as well? So, were there any other offers apart from Sydney? Were there any other countries or teams that? Um, there was a few countries, but they were not really serious enough for me to move my head. Obviously, there was Turkey. There's some some other offers from like Cyprus and stuff like that. But it wasn't something that I thought, wow, I can't uproot and go for that. You know that sort of thing. Um, I had a couple, let's say, sort of clubs ask if I'd be interested in Australia. At the start of like oh, probably the middle of pre-season, and that's and then that's really got me thinking. You know, I spoke to my wife and would be interested, and she was like, "If you want to go, obviously it's all down to me. If I want to come out here, play football out here, and you know." And I said, "Yeah, I'm interested in that. If we can get everything right, then yeah, definitely." And you know, then Sydney came in two weeks later, three weeks later, and it was like, "I don't think I can turn this down," sort of thing. It was done, you know what I mean? It was one of them where, like, we come to a point where it was literally like, right, let's get it done. 
and it was as simple as that really you know uh, and then I was gone you know obviously the Leeds game I was meant to play the Leeds game yeah. and then the day after that I was on a flight over to their signing so it was a bit of a whirlwind really so obviously, yeah, you, you mentioned the Leeds game there, and Connor Hall stepped in in your place. Did you see much in training that makes you think he could make a career in the Championship? Um, I think obviously there's a lot there for Connor. Mm-hmm. Scores a lot of goals. You can't deny that. He's got a lot of raw pace and a lot of raw attributes that will do him good. You know, he's got a brilliant attitude. Wants to learn. I think it's just going to take him time. I think it's obviously hard coming from scoring 22, 23 goals in a under under 23 league. Um, he needs to go out and play week in, week out in, in the league, which he's, he tried to go and done now at Aki. I probably would have maybe gone somewhere where he's going to play week in, week out. But uh, fair play to him, I think, realistically, that he has to do that to get himself in the Championship playing. He has to go and play football. Uh, under 23 football for me is, is garbage. Um, I think it's good to a point, but if you're a good young player looking to play football in the first team, you need to go move it somewhere else if you're not going to get put in the first team you're in at the minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, um, there's another striker, striker Wanderers this season, Christine Deutsch, yeah. who you could say was your replacement. Uh, he's a player who's come from League Two up into the Championship, similar to yourself when he was at Rotherham up into Reading. Uh, is there anything that you noticed jumping up the two divisions that you could maybe uh, offer in words of advice? I, I did find it quite tougher, you know, I think physically, mm-hmm. you find you struggle physically uh, early on just to get used to the tempo, the uh, just the quickness of the championship, but obviously the quality as well, you know, uh, but once you, you sort of get, you find your feet in, and then you, you're flying like, um, I found it with Reading that once I, say, it took me about three or four games, just got used to the way they train, the way they prepare. So obviously, no disrespect to League Two, it was a little bit different then to, to now. Um, it was it was hard, you know. Um, there was so much more preparation, and the, obviously the, sta- the standard, the setup was better. So there was more things available for you to analyse and, and, and to improve as a player. Um, so you know, obviously he's got a great goal goal scoring record, and I hope he does really well there. So now let's move on to Sydney this season. Um, there's a bit of a new regime, and at Sydney, obviously there's the new coach. And uh, yourself, and also the new marquee player, Sam De Jong. So, uh, what are your aspirations for this season? To win it all. Yeah. Literally. Mm-hmm. Um, Sydney needs to club that wins everything. Mm-hmm. We want to do that. You know, I want to carry on that. Obviously, the grand final last year, they didn't get to it because they got knocked out. I think it was Melbourne who knocked them out last year. So, I want, I want to win it all. You know, I want to win this cup. I want to win the league. Want to win the grand final and I want to win the Asian Champions League. Why, man? You know, uh, why not? I don't don't set the bar low. Ain't fine. And if we lose, if we fall short of that, then we we'll go back, go again next season. You know, just don't want to limit ourselves. So you've obviously now kind of had two pre-seasons. You must just be raring to go next week, next Friday against Adelaide. Yeah, of course. You know, I'm sick of scoring these goals that don't count. Um, you know, I've scored six now already, and four of them don't count. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I just can't wait for next week. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there's, um, you were a United fan growing up. Um, it must be nice to follow in the footsteps of Dwight York, who's obviously you know a, a Sydney sort of a Sydney FC legend and players like and Del Piero and other players like that. So it must be nice to try and write your own legacy at a club. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know that's one of the reasons I came out is because you know maybe next year, this season after, I could have come out here. You know, maybe the end of my Bolton contract, I could have come out here, but. I wanted to go and impact a league I thought was good enough 
to play in the championship, so I think I'm good enough to play out here and impact the league. And you know, I think if given chances, I'll score goals, and um, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to come out here and break records, win things. So why not? Um, if it's alright with you, just going to end it now with a couple of Twitter questions. Yes. Yeah, Get these up. Um, first from is from at Dave C. Uh, would you rather play around the golf with Tiger Woods or win the FA Cup? Uh, that's not fair. That depends where the round of Tiger Woods is at. And then medical courses out here. Yeah, yeah. I've already checked. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Cup final, of course. I want to win some silverware. Mm-hmm. Footballs first. Okay. Uh, next one is from uh, Skelly at Wavy C. Is Olkowski as good as he seems in training, or who is the best player at Bolton in your opinion? Uh, yeah, Poe's good. Mm-hmm. He's a good player. Um, you know, he look, he's fitting in really well, really well with the boys as well. Um, best player at Bolton. Natural ability, Sammy. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, but. Wheats is up there and Bells as well, you know. For consistency, Bells. Wheats just gets his big ball dead in front of everything, especially in training. Uh, I bet he's glad I've gone because I was turning him inside and out, but he's always got his big gangly legs and his big ball dead everywhere, so I'm glad, it, I'm glad I'm away from him. Uh, next one is from Matt Weavers 101. Uh, how does playing in another country compare to playing in England? Obviously, it's a lot warmer. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the standard's actually a lot better than what I thought it was out here. Uh, probably the comparisons are the, the tempo isn't as high as obviously the championship. Mm-hmm. We're probably a little bit more possession-based teams. We're a lot more playing out from the back. Um, you know, and maybe not so much like um, direct football from both sides of teams. You know, we're we're a really good passing team and we try to dominate the game, which is which is brilliant. You know, and I can impact it that way. Mm-hmm. I've uh, got a question here from, I think he's Swedish, at Panic Prone. Why sausage rolls? Rhymes with goals. Yeah, <laughs> can't be rhyming slang. Yeah. Probably doesn't translate. Um, got another one here from Molly Parkey. Uh, would he consider coming back to play in England or does he want to retire and stay living in Australia? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, let's just see what happens. You know, uh, I'll, I'd rather just let's see where football takes me. You never know where you're going to go on a football adventure. And, you know, it's up here so far. Mm-hmm. Got one here from your friend Wesley BDFC again. Ask him how much does he miss me every day? Um, not that much, but I know he's <laughs> thinking of me. How did that start? I oh, think I replied, I shouldn't have replied, definitely shouldn't <laughs> have replied. And I think he, uh, he's, I think he's on the stalking season now. I think a lot of fans enjoyed you dragging out the free shirt it, for a while anyway. You know what? I actually meant to send it straight away, but mm-hmm. then, I, then I realised I didn't have any more shirts from that day. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, I can't break his heart and think, like, he can't have a forest shirt. And I was thinking, how could I not keep the forest shirt? Mm-hmm. But then I thought, why not? I'll just yeah. give it him sort of thing, it'd be nice. But he obviously didn't see it that way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's one of them. Brilliant. Right, got one final here from OB Yates. Who does he miss most in the Bolton dressing room? Jem. Uh, now, if it's not Jem, mm-hmm. when obviously in the pre-season, yeah. it, w- it would have been weeks and... And Bells. I spoke to them more or less every day. We had a little coffee club night. I, I uh, recruited them in, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they're brilliant. They're they were top guys in the dressing room. You know, with obviously the Geordie boys, uh, Tailsy and and Anik, and then obviously you've got Beans as well. They're a big part of the squad. Um, they're, they're top guys, and I'll probably he'll probably start crying if I didn't mention him. But Brillo, Padder, Yannick as well. He's a good lad. Mm-hmm. 
Right, just going to end it now, uh, just to talk a little bit about Stephen Darby. Obviously, it came out recently that he'd been diagnosed with motor neuron disease. Um, perhaps he didn't get to show his best ability at Bolton uh, during his time playing, but uh, what kind of impact did he have in the dressing room? Because it seems... Yeah, of course. Like it's, it's heartbreaking, you know. Um, I think everyone said it when I've seen all the messages on Twitter and stuff like that. When I've seen it, it was sort of stopped you in your, it stopped me in my track anyway. It just makes you think, you know, Buddy Al's such a nice guy, you know. He was one of them players who just wanted everyone to do well all the time, never thought about himself or thought about everyone else. And, you know, for something like this to happen to him, to such a nice person, he, he, it's horrible, you know. And uh, you know, I think we're all thinking of him and hoping like he, you know, he does well for it. Yeah, hoping uh, he gets the best out of life. Yes, now, anyway. definitely. Um, so, if this big charity friendly that's supposed to be happening at the, at the end of the season happens between Liverpool, Bradford, and Bolton, will you come back to play? Uh, depending on the date, yeah. yeah. If they want me to come back, then yeah, of course. Um, I, I think uh, for Darbs, you just got to. Do you know what I mean? Um, such a nice guy. Oh, I'd be stupid not to, and you know, be foolish not to. I'm sure a lot of fans will be happy with that. Well, <laughs> thank you very much, Adam, for appearing on the podcast. No worries, thank you. Right. Uh, so, this has been the special edition of the Line of Vienna Suite podcast with Adam Lafondre. Uh, will will be back soon due to technical issues, but thank you for listening. Yeah.